Again, blessings on your intentions, as I said. Gorgeous weekend to pray for one another's intentions. We always have many. Uh, I am grateful for family. Speaking of our best treasures, as the gospel mentions, uh, my sister from the lake and I, uh, we uh, visited my older sister in Columbia, Maryland, uh, and her husband and for a few days, and we had a great time. So thank you, Lord, for family. And then, of course, uh, back to school is in the air. So looking forward to Tuesday when my wonderful grade schoolers will return. And so uh, special blessings, of course, for all students. At our 1130 Mass, we have this backpack blessing for all the little ones who come with their backpacks. So looking forward to that. Also, speaking of students, the college students have a special place in my heart. And so we'll, at all of our Masses this weekend, offer a blessing for our college students. Maybe some are still here. I heard some have already headed back. So uh, if you know them, if they're not around, or if they're already back at college, well, let them know that we're, we offered this blessing and that we always remember and pray for them. And of course, again, blessings on your intentions. Both the uh, reader and the deacon asked me, uh, should we use the long version of the readings or the short? And I said, well, let's use the longer versions, and then maybe we'll have a short homily. <clears throat> have you heard that story of a mother? She was in church, and the little child was fidgeting, and she was worried. And even during the sermon, it got worse. And the priest apparently looked over, and uh, the mother whispered in the child's ear, and wow, why wow, he was just pure gold from then on. After Mass, the priest went over to the mother and said, well, what did you uh, whisper to him? And she simply said, well, I said, if you don't stop misbehaving, Father may lose his place and may start the homily all over again. <laughs> mm. Let's not have that. <laughs> but I was thinking about a Bible verse that I bet everybody knows. I don't know if our children would know it. But isn't there one? I bet we all know it. Or if you think of yo, a Bible verse that everybody knows, what do you think of? John, and I think of John three sixteen. you know, do they still do that at football games or whatever? Anyway, I think most everybody knows that, don't they? You know, God so loved the world that he sent his only son, you know, so that all who believe would have eternal life. Well, we have one today, but... I was thinking it's maybe even more important. Well, not that that phrase, John 3.16, maybe isn't the most important, but there's a beautiful phrase here. Hebrews 11.1. I was thinking somebody was making sure their cell phone was not broken before Mass. Then I heard it go off, so that means it's still working. But I know you're supposed to silence them, but I was thinking, well... Take out your cell phone and take a picture of 11.1 Hebrews. Or maybe when you get home, take out your Bible, look up Hebrews 11.1, write it down, put it on your refrigerator or bathroom mirror for a while. It is a beautiful verse. Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Wow, beautiful phrase. 
See, faith is the realization. See, faith is real. See, well, our culture, you know, the world we live in, no. If you can't see it, if there's no evidence, it's not real. I remember years ago, I loved watching uh, Carl Sagan. Remember the, the great, you know, astronomer? And, uh, and yet he, he was not a believer. You know, he learned so much about the world, the creation, galaxies, the expanse of the universe. But I remember, he, uh, you know, he said the clock. And so there has to be a clock maker. And he said, you know, God, creation, you know, no. There's no evidence You can't see it. It must not be real, see? And so what we hope for, see, it's real. Uh, The the spiritual life, it's real, though unseen by the human eye, true. We have to look beyond, as the scripture or the song says. We need the eyes of faith. Then it becomes real. So our hopes are real, that God knows us. We are his children. The opening prayer, we pray, Abba, Father. Remember, Abba, like Dad, Papa, Pop, see? That God is aware of you. He knows your life, your joys, your struggles. God is aware of you, see? And that what we hope for, huh? That we're not alone, the hand of the Lord upon us, guiding us. Our loved ones who have gone before us, they watch over us and guide us still. It's real. There is a heaven or a hell, see? And death is not the end of life. And as the gospel says, God wants to, desires to give you the kingdom, see? That's his desire. And, of course, one day to take you home into his loving arms. See, it's real. What's the evidence? Well, St. Paul put it real well. I tell you this on the very word of the Lord himself. St. Paul used that phrase several times. huh? I tell you this on the very word of the Lord himself. Of course, he had that word, you know, spoken to his heart, his conversion on the road to Damascus. So here we are, you know, our life's journey, and sometimes it seems so, you know, ordinary or routine, and, you know, it can be, again, hard to believe. Faith, the realization of what we hope for, the evidence of things not seen. And so, of course, it leads me to another phrase. It's not a biblical phrase. Sometimes the opening prayer of our Sunday Mass actually has this phrase. It's a beautiful prayer. May we live our lives in a manner worthy of our calling. Well, it's so easy to, you know, get distracted from that. College students, you see, off they go. I guess if, if they're brand new to it, why the parents worry. Huh? Wow, there's a lot of opportunities, and yet there can be distractions, temptations, and they can lose living in a manner worthy of their calling, as we all can. So those are the readings here. 
So the first reading, it's about the Israelites. And, you know, God called Moses. And then Moses goes and, you know, he tells the Pharaoh, let the people go. And the Passover and the Exodus. exodus, And off they go. And as if promising to live now in a manner worthy of their calling. But they don't. You know, see, we know the story. See, temptations, distractions, golden calves, grumbling, grumbling. Why did you lead us out into this desert where there is no food? See, their story is our story. And of course, the great example of faith, uh, Sarah, Abraham, and his wife, Sarah. And the hope was real. See, God had promised them. Beautiful phrase, Abraham, I think he was like 75, and it said he was almost dead. (laughs) And yet, see, the hope was real. And they had a son, and God promised their descendants would be as numerous as the stars are the sands of the seashore. See, people who did live in a manner worthy of their calling. And so the gospel, of course, distractions. So again, money, possessions. Remember last week, the man, what should I do? My barns aren't big enough. Remember last week? I said, he could have said, I know what I'll do. I'll share a little. But he didn't. Remember, he said, I will, big build, I will build bigger barns. Huh? And God said to him, you fool. See, so the challenge to live in a manner worthy of our calling. Our profession of faith, I believe.